Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Well, the cars are back on track for the second test, maybe the first, depending on how technical you want to be about it. But, wow, we have a lot to talk about today. I'm joined by Jake Boxall-Lega, technical editor at Autosport. And so we've kept you busy today, then. You kind of knew... Mercedes were coming with something. I think it was yesterday that we finally went with... I'd seen some rumours for a while now, but not from the kind of outlets that I'd particularly trust. But we ran something yesterday which was along the lines of, hey, we think we've heard enough now. When were you pretty sure that Mercedes had done something radical with their side pods? Well, it was a uh, a tangential acquaintance, actually, uh, that said (laughs) that... They'd heard through the grapevine uh, at Mercedes because they work in a completely different department. But they said uh, it resembled the uh, 1991 Lamborghini Formula One car. I knew we were on for mm. something pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. No, obviously, I couldn't wait to see it. And obviously, what we ended up with was uh, something that we've never seen the likes of before in, uh, in in modern Formula One. So it's it's been a real eye-opener for everybody. I think a lot of people uh, were, were kind of blindsided by it. It's been a real talking point of the day. 
so good that we could get you lined up. And we'd lined you up anyway for the first day of the test because we knew we were going to be talking some technical stuff. And we've got uh, the guys at the track and we've got Alex and Luke and, and the team out there. We'll catch up with them later on in the week on these series of podcasts. But the reason why we wanted you on today uh, was to talk about what inevitably was going to be cars bringing different specs. Mercedes insisting this is not a B-spec car, that they were simply making some aero changes. But it's significantly different around the side pod area. So for any of our podcast listeners that haven't had a chance to you know, catch up after work or whatever, let's run through what the main changes are for those Mercedes side pods. Yeah, sure. So obviously, if you look at the car sort of, I guess, down the front, it looks incredibly triangular almost towards that back end. It's almost like there are no side pods. And you look at it from the side and you'll see that they're incredibly small. The the inlet is is just a letter, letterbox lot really it's really quite something and, and you touched on that as well um that it's not a b-spec car they ran with different side pods as you said in barcelona what it's emerged is that inside those side pods that they, they, they ran at barcelona it was basically kind of empty space really they, they'd already made the decision to package their car in that way but they just wanted to keep that card close to their chest a little bit longer here we are one week before formula one kicks off for the 2022 season we're finally getting our look at what mercedes has been able to cook up for this season and it's following in quite a lot of trends that we've seen over the last couple of years where teams are sort of stacking their cooling into the center of the car over the sort of air intake within the engine cover uh, we're now seeing that at such an extreme level now um, that we've got these sort of like triangular kind of side pods um, that, that are so tiny. Obviously, Mercedes has had to keep the, the side impact spars in, in their place, that they're in the places defined by the FIA. You know, they managed to position them in a way that, that suits them aerodynamically. The side impact structures, as they're called, they are... A common part was changed a few years ago, if I'm correct, in that the teams were getting kind of wildly ambitious in that part of the car. I think back to McLaren's really strange U-shaped side pods that you know that would have had to do a bunch of work to pass those crash tests and and just kind of ridiculous spending. And so that is that that part of the crash structure is something that all the teams use and incorporate into their designs in their own way. But because it's a common part or it's a common uh, element, it's not something that I guess some of the teams have thought about radical innovation around. Now, obviously, all of the teams have different ways of using that piece that has to be in, in, like I say, in that area. Uh, I think they all kind of followed Ferrari's lead a few years ago in terms of using that for the best aero effect. But is this a case of catching some of the other technical directors unawares do you think or would they have you know sometimes there aren't any new ideas in in formula one like you say it looks like an old ferrari old 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 lamborghini how is this going to play out for mercedes well it's caught some people by surprise and some that hasn't caught by surprise ferrari said that it was one of the things that they'd considered as well but they decided to go with their you know much larger side pods uh in completely going the other way but it's also something that Ross Braun said on F1 TV that they had, you know, looked at hundreds of different loopholes. They were designing and developing the regulations. And throughout that process, him and various other poacher turned gamekeepers like Pat Simmons and, and Rob Smedley and other people involved in that team 
were looking at all of the potential loopholes that they could come up with and then closing them down. And this is something that they hadn't, you know, encountered or considered. So it, it has caught some by surprise for sure. Um, whether it will be protested or not, I don't think that there's really the grounds to do it. I don't, you know, I, I think it fits within the bounding boxes. I don't think Mercedes is going to produce something that is that is illegal. I think they will have done it in consultation with the FIA. So I would imagine that it would be absolutely fine and above board. It just depends on which way the wind blows. There's always that question of how is Red Bull going to take it? Do they think they've got grounds for a complaint? <laughs> and uh, will they do something about it? We don't know at this stage. Um, again, Red Bull is another team that's gone in a bit of a different direction with its side pods. Uh, obviously, teams like to protest or... In other words, seek clarification on regulations. Yes. And yeah. so uh, obviously if it gets the go ahead, they can do it themselves. If they want, really want to. So that's uh, that's that's going to be the sort of factors at play. And I think the interesting thing as well about the side impact spars is that they're actually produced by Red Bull Technology. So oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, that's come around. Uh, obviously, Mercedes is employing it in, you know, a, a conventional position but I don't think even Red Bull when they were putting those together dis, uh, had accepted that they would be like that Christian Horner who is a master at playing the media and the rest of us um, was quoted by a very respected journalist at a German publication Automotor and Sport this morning early this morning um, saying that he had doubts and I think the the, the, the phrase they used was that uh, Christian Horner said it wasn't within the spirit of the regulations uh, Red Bull PR were, were kept on their toes by him today. They really were. They must have heard that. They put out a statement. The, the WhatsApps groups must have been fun today with all, with you guys and the journalists. Red Bull first said that Christian Horner's made no official statement. The journalist in question replied, I don't know why they would deny it. Um, and then they put out another statement saying, Red Bull has not made an official statement, taking Christian's name <laughs> out of it. They're really earning their money today. And so um, whether he said it on or off the record, and look, because sometimes, you know, sometimes somebody will say something to you. As you know, you've got lots of contacts in the sport. Sometimes things are on the record, and sometimes people say, well, look, you can't say my name. I'm not authorised to speak on this. And, and, you know, you might get some background, or you might talk off the record about that helps you understand something. So who knows if he said it or didn't say it. But, of course, that was that was this morning's intrigue and of course it led to people asking Toto Wolf if he had any fears about the side pod design being the subject of a legality dispute in Formula One he says absolutely not the process is very clear when you go in a specific development direction with your team having the FIA as part of scrutinizing it you are exchanging CAD data and making them part of the process that was what Toto said do you think, Jake, this could be a DAS situation where they, the regulators say, very well done, you spotted this, it won't be on the 2023 cars, or everything's within the right boundary boxes? Have at it, off you go. What do you reckon? Uh, I think it's going to be sort of very, very difficult to define on what makes it illegal because as you know as you said you know if it fits within the bounding box it fits within the bounding box that that's kind of the the, the sort of bottom le the the bottom line really um obviously they'd have to introduce a kind of sort of minimum criteria for that to keep the side pods within even sort of smaller bounding box it would be very hard i i sort of wonder on what grounds that they could outlaw it on that it doesn't produce the 
it maybe it doesn't produce the effects that F1 wants or Red Bull thinks they're too small, so we'll ban them. I, I don't know at this stage what <laughs> well, they you could possibly the, do. Can you remember the grounds of which they banned DAS? I can't remember. Off the top of my head, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. I think the it was something reason. to do with having steering only in one axis. Mm, that was it, Which yeah. kind of... It, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more tangible. It's a little bit more quantitative. Let's say it's a little. Bit, I think I feel like it's a little bit harder to say with it with you know a narrow surface, for example. That it, you know it's not a, it's not a movable aerodynamic device. Mercedes could make the body work bigger if they were told to, because you know we've seen that at Barcelona. But we'll have to wait and see because I'm sure mm. that just as there are creative design solutions. There are always creative solutions to try and get things banned as well in Formula One. <laughs> yeah. um, it is people say that people should keep politics out of sports. I think Formula One is the most inherently political sport on the planet. So yes. I can't wait yeah. to see what people come up with. To be honest, now l- let's talk a little bit the bud- about the budget cap because. You know, everything in Formula One, well, I can't say that, not everything. Many things in Formula One converge as rules sets mature. Will we see, as the year goes on, a bunch of Mercedes alikes? Do you think teams will stick with their own design? And, of course, now we're working under a a budget cap. The teams are now much more restricted in what they can do. What's your insight on on that? Do you think other teams will be furiously copying it? I think it only suits those that have been able to sort of package their cars in the right way. I think anybody that's going to try and go for that sort of wholesale Mercedes-style packaging is going to have a lot of outlay in in order to do that. if you look at the sort of designs on the grid, I think if you look at the Williams, for example, that's probably the team that could be most likely to implement that kind of design. That's even if this design works, uh, you know, it could turn out that this it's completely, you know, they're being led up the garden path somewhat and the, the Ferrari slash Haas designs are the better one. We, d- we kind of don't know at this point, but... You know, speaking speculatively, yeah, Williams could probably go for that because it looks like their car is packaged in very much the same way, um, except Williams has sort of gone for the more conventional horizontal side pod inlets. Uh, you know, if they turn them upside, well, turn them 90 degrees either way, then they could feasibly do something like that. Um, I guess the other Mercedes powertrain runners could do that. It does look like Aston Martin's gone in a completely different direction. Maybe McLaren could. Potentially, you know, Alpine as well, but we don't know how they've packaged this new this new powertrain as well. Obviously, it's the team that sort of did that style of cooling the most last season with that giant airbox, but you look at the Ferrari teams, they've gone in a completely different direction. So I think the Honda slash Red Bull powertrains, whatever they're calling it now, probably tends towards that direction as well but you know Mercedes teams feasibly could if they've got the uh the spare cash to do it plenty of memes flying around today of people uh posting old pictures of Max scowling or Christian Horner scowling uh, do you think they they'll be upset tonight having seen it can Red Bull though from what you've seen today be confident in their own direction because again like you, you said at the start actually they've, they've got some interesting things on their car and their pace looks okay as well so what we're loving as fans of Formula 1 this year is the cars all look different but as I think you said on the first series of podcasts on one of the ones that you did from Barcelona actually there could be multiple right answers not just one right answer and that's what we're going to love about watching Formula 1 this year 
So how will Red Bull, do you think they might be feeling uh, tonight? They can be confident in, in their own direction, as long as it's not the direction that Sergio Perez was facing at the end of testing, which was uh, the wrong oh, way yes. at turn eight. <laughs> Testing in ending the, under a red flag. We've missed you. We've missed you, red flags. Uh, it was so, the limpest yes. possible end to a test <laughs> session. Just spun a very, very low speed, rolled it back into the gravel. He's like, oh, I'm stuck now. Oh, so, right. That, that'll be the end of today then. <laughs> <laughs> that Red Bull looks incredibly reliable. Even though he ended the session, Perez still did 138 laps, which is the most most of any driver and the Red Bull did more than any other team. I think there are multiple right directions. And again, it depends what works for, for each team. But again, we'll still start to see other teams put their own, well, put those ideas in the wind tunnel and see what works best and see what doesn't. You look at the Ferrari and it's a completely different direction to everybody else, but it looks really good. Uh, again, it's reliable. The drivers are seeming to have an easy time with it. Yeah, there's a little bit of porpoising. Kind of see that on straights, but it doesn't seem to be something that is causing either Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz to you know, snatch a break or lock up or anything like that. They seem to be on top of it. Red Bull has its own path to forge, I think. We were talking about them in, in Barcelona having their own innovative side pod design. Maybe they're just a little bit upset that they're not getting the attention this week. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what they do. It might be that. We are going to talk about <laughs> bouncing next in the second half of the podcast. So make sure you stay tuned in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, now let's talk about bouncing or porpoising. I think they want, to, they want us to call it bouncing. Earlier in this week, we had the Autosport podcast with Karun Chandok, and he made a really good point. And he said, yeah, this is the first time we've seen it in Formula One for many years, but we get this a lot in sports car racing. It's not something that is going to be alien to any professional engineer or aerodynamicist. Again, today, we saw those videos of, I think it was Gasly, and it looked, from the onboard you know, helmet-facing camera, it looked pretty violent but Karim was saying well you know what are you going to put up with if, if you get a few extra tenths or the driver is uncomfortable well <laughs> you know what are you going to go for so you did a lot of the live autosport live today uh, pretty much most of the day and you watched all the coverage today so what's your impression of how the teams are experiencing bouncing on a different track different temperature different environment um, and with more of a, a, a setup that will reflect what we go racing with next weekend i think we've seen it a lot less bad than it was in barcelona i think out of the the front or the expected front runners 
Mercedes still looked very porpoisey, and um, <laughs> but they were putting on. They were sort of playing with strength, strengthening the floor this morning, um, yeah. putting sort of uh, some some stays on, and just to play, sort of playing around. Was that to do with the the bouncing, or was that something else? Because there is also an issue around how much the floors are bending, and the FI have got to look into that as well. Ross Braun talks about on F1 TV that that's going to be an area that they're going to have to try and stop any cleverness from the teams uh, that's not in the spirit. But was that to do with this bouncing issue that Mercedes were, were, were trying to strengthen their floor a bit? It does seem so. And there were a few other teams that had sort of experimented with it as well, but it's all about how you run those ground effect floors. And they, these produce a lot of downforce. These produce much more downforce than the floors previously did. If the sides of the, the, the floor are folding down, that's creating a much more closed system. So you're able to derive a lot more ground effect and generate a lot more downforce. But the problem is, because you're accelerating the airflow underneath the car, it's making this problem a little bit worse. And I spoke to a former F1 aerodynamicist, Jean-Claude Mijot, last week. Uh, he designed Formula One cars for Ferrari and Tyrrell. So he designed the Tyrrell 019 and the less successful Ferrari F92A. But he was also around in the 1980s and had to deal with very similar effects when he was working for Renault back then under the old ground effect regime. One of the sort of consistent sort of suggestions is that the floor is is stalling and then it's reattaching and that kind of thing. And he says that's, mm. that's not quite the case. It's more down to the fact that because you have this ground effect... And because this airflow under the car is moving at such a sort of high speed, um, what it's doing is it's triggering the harmonic motion of the car. And so the suspension's not able to sort of cope with that. And if you're, you know, he, he suggested that the, the heave motion, which is the sort of bouncing that you'll see, it's around sort of five or six hertz. If your airspeed is very similar to that, you're going to trigger that. And that's why you get that bouncing. And that's why it looks undamped because the car's just not able to... But that car is working at its sort of natural frequency, if you like. So I think that's a really interesting sort of aspect. And one of the things he suggested that the FIA could do, theoretically, if it gets really bad, increase the ride height and reintroduce the plank, but that would then create really slow cars, and that's probably not what F1 wants, given that the cars are already slightly slower. The other thing there is just to ensure that the floors are stiffer so that you don't at high speeds get this floor drooping down and creating more of a closed system. So that might that So that would seal be... that would seal the sides. So if they, if those yeah. floors are bending, which they would want the teams would want, by the way, to artificially at speed seal the side for benefit. Uh, and so that yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't want to you would want it to keep it stiffer. Even though F one cars now are so stiff. And of course we're now on the eighteen inch wheels, so we lose any benefit from you know, the old 13-inch wheels that, again, they used a lot alongside the suspension. So that's, I guess, fascinating. You said, on the, on the, again, on the first set of podcasts from Barcelona, when I asked if, uh, you know, Formula One would perhaps look at a universal solution, you know, your take was, well, look, these are the best teams in the world. Your gut feeling was... They'll say go away and fix it, or just yeah. drive more slowly. Are you, are you still, are you, or you know, run five mil higher and be slower. So, are you still of that opinion? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, it, it, it is a problem for a few of the teams, but again, some of the teams are sort of working around that and working that out. There are things that they can do. Again, you know, I asked uh, Monsieur Mijot what to what to do, how they would fix it, and he said, "Well, yeah." They can't do a lot with the suspension because a, it's running really stiff, and b, you know, it's very re- restrictive. 
funnily enough, the heave springs that they banned for this season, they would have come in very, mm. very useful to mitigate that. Really? Unfortunately, they don't have them anymore. So mm. he said it's all going to come from the wind tunnel. And uh, so it's just something that teams are going to sort of have to live with, um, spend a little bit more time in the wind tunnel in CFD, getting their their forces right and see how they go. It might take some teams a little bit longer, but hopefully... You know, especially when, you know, we get to circuits like Saudi Arabia and Baku, I, I guess they're a bit more spaced out, but, you know, Saudi Arabia in particular, you don't kind of want that effect. So hopefully they're able to get it sorted by then. Uh, just a quick, uh, I know we're really focusing on tech today, but it's because we've got you. The team's <laughs> all agreeing to make the cars three kilograms heavier. Uh, and of course, because this is testing, they could, they don't, you know, this is not a, um, a round of the world championship, let alone being in Park Ferme. You know, they could turn up and drive their Ford Fiesta around the circuit. So these cars can be of a different spec to what they go racing with. They haven't got to fit the, the rules and regs of a race weekend. So there's a fair chance that a lot of these cars are uh, running overweight, for instance, and, the, and that's just a problem they're going to have to fix. So all the teams, that is a universal solution by the sounds of it. I've only just seen the news before I came in to record. They've all agreed to a uh, a weight increase. Is that right? Yeah. So it's just three kilograms. Uh, and again, this relates on to you know the the floor stays and things like that. Obviously, they want to ensure that these floor, these floors are stiffer. Formula One wants to police that and make sure that there's no flexing. And the teams have presumably gone around and said, okay, we need more weight to to stiffen it up. So they've gone, yeah, okay, you can have another three kilograms. There are some teams that I believe wanted more. Uh, there are some teams, well, there is one team which is believed to be Alfa Romeo, which apparently has hit the weight limit and don't want that at all. But what oh, they would right. get is a little bit extra ballast or something like that. So it is a big compromise between all of the teams in, in effect. Three kilograms, it's, you know, when you consider how heavy the cars are, it's not really too much, but it doesn't give a, a massive advantage to those that are running a lot more overweight than others. And they're like, well, help us out here. You know, they've got to go and find some of that on their own. Amazing. All right, look, I look forward to reading what you have to write on Autosport, plus about uh, all the tests here in, in Bahrain. A quick fire final five minutes of stuff because you spent all day covering this uh, today. Sebastian Vettel turned up with a new helmet uh, with Ukrainian yellow and blue and a dove and the symbol no war and the words to imagine. That seems to have gone down incredibly well. Yeah, for sure. If Sebastian's been absolutely fantastic. He's a great ambassador for Formula One. He's been great at sort of speaking out about issues that socially over the last couple of years have, have really come to the fore. And it's, you know, it's not just lip service. It's not just do the kneel at the start of the race and just leave it there. He's, you know, being a part mm. of these things. And obviously we saw last season, you know, how much he wanted to affect change when it comes to a sort of uh, a, a much more sustainable environment and that sort of thing. He's using his voice for, for change and for good, which, you know, can only be commended. And yeah, it is a, a fantastic helmet. It was a lovely tribute to, to those mm. in Ukraine that are, that are having to deal with such a horrendous situation. Mm. So yeah, just fantastic to see and that no war a kind of logo almost that it is that was um a, a picture that the, the all the drivers took yesterday on the on the grid as well ferrari have paused their 
Kaspersky sponsorship, talking about uh, wider world things, or yeah, not not terminated, but spon- but paused, I believe, was the story uh, there in terms of the final timings of today. Again, I know we don't focus on the times too much because it's very difficult, uh, but Pierre Gasly in the Alpha Tauri was uh, four and a half tenths quicker than Carlos Sainz in second, and Charles Leclerc in third in the two Ferraris. Then it was Lance Stroll uh, putting in just 50 laps, quite low by the likes of, as you say, uh, Perez doing 138 laps today, uh, Alex Albon in the Williams, which looks good and solid, by the way, um, and unspectacular, but that's what you want this uh, this time of the, uh, the year. Pierre Gasly putting in 103 laps, Lando in sixth, of course, who shouldn't have been driving. Uh, any update on Daniel Ricciardo, whether he'll be in the car tomorrow or Lando? Again, they had brake problems at McLaren today. And are they looking like they're going to be fixed for tomorrow? Yeah, they did struggle with brake problems this morning. I think this afternoon, they managed to get the car into a state where they could run it. You know, Lando did still have a couple of offs at turn nine, which you don't really often see. He managed to get 50 laps in, which is, it's not the best kind of mileage, but it, it, it is some, which is good. Yeah, as you say, Daniel Ricciardo was was unwell today, so he wasn't able to participate. Um, not a hundred percent sure at this stage how he's going to feel. I think it will be a sort of suck it and see if he's all right in the morning. Mm. A difficult, you know, it's been one of their more testing days. McLaren's had a really good Barcelona, um, got a lot of laps in, looked good. Um, you know, it looks once again every sort of bit as good as Ferrari. It's been a little bit more difficult this time around, but. You know, it, testing's the place where you want to sort of find these issues and and go and fix them. Um, and if they found something sort of fundamentally a little bit wrong with the car and they can fix it overnight, then that's something that they've got in their arsenal for the rest of the season. So, not it's not all hope lost for for McLaren. Sick mm. is still good. I know times don't matter, but it's it's something to sort of come away from the from the day with, really. And you mentioned that the Williams having a, a kind of Mercedes light version of those side pods. You know, I'm just a fan. I'm not one of the experts like you guys, but the Williams just looks solid. Now, unspectacular and cracking on with over again. He hit the century today, 104 laps for Alex Albon. It just looks like they've got a good base to build from. For any Williams fan, they've got to be hopeful, hopefully, this time of year. Cautiously optimistic is probably the best okay, phrase right. to go for. Cautiously I think optimist. <laughs> they, they do look good. They do look very good. Reliability is there off off the bat, which is very good. Uh, Williams has been super impressed with Alex Albon uh, coming in to replace George Russell. He can be a real driving force for that team, just as he sort of was sort of kind of backseat driving the development of the last year's Rebel RB sixteen uh, B, helping sort of create that as a more user-friendly car, which eventually took Max Verstappen to a title. So I, I do rate him very, very highly. It looks good for them. Reliability is fantastic, but if you haven't got pace to sort of back it up, then that's problematic. But yeah. when you consider three years ago, sorry, four years ago, no, it was three years ago. It was three years ago when Williams couldn't get out of the garage, was stuck there w- waiting for parts mm. to, to arrive and the parts didn't fit properly. And it was just, an omni shambles to now they seem completely revitalized and it everything seems to be going in the right direction which is great to see yeah absolutely testament to the the management team there at the moment and talking of a shambles the shipping of Haas's gear out to Bahrain was delayed you really feel for the team they have been through it in the last couple of 
weeks. And for an alternative view on that, check out GP Racing, our magazine, our monthly magazine, GP Racing. They have a monthly podcast. And on that, uh, this month's podcast, they make the point that perhaps uh, it's not Haas's fault. They put all of their eggs in one Russian basket and are paying somewhat the price. Not to be mean to Haas, but it's just, and, you know, we like to give alternative viewpoints. I do feel sorry for them, though, because, again, just not being able to go out first thing this morning because their gear uh, wasn't there. But they got some running in. Pietro Filipaldi getting in 47 laps in the end. Great to see them on the track. New livery as well. What? Tell us just briefly what happened today. They were going to run, make up for that time on Sunday, but it needed unanimous (laughs) agreement by the teams. Uh, And it's either two or three teams, I heard, rejected the idea of them doing a Sunday morning run uh, to make up for the time. So uh, are Haas getting that time back somehow? Yeah, so they'll get it back on Friday and Saturday, so they'll be afforded an extra two hours in uh, in both days just to make up the short fourth this morning. It is a very unfortunate situation, just when they sort of thought, okay, we've managed to put this Farago of, of Mazpin, <laughs> Mazpin's departure and the sudden sanctions on him and various other things sort of behind them, the, the, the plane gets stranded in Istanbul. So... It was very unlucky, but again, they did manage to get some running in towards the end of the day with Pietro Fittipaldi. Only ran the C2 compound and the C2 prototype compound that Pirelli had available, so simply some hard tyre testing at Haas. So no spectacular lap times or anything like that, but just got some very good running in for the afternoon, which is, again, very good. Um, And obviously... He won't. I, I don't think he'll be in the seat for the rest of the test because Mick Schumacher's got to get his running in, and obviously new recruit Kevin Magnussen who returns to the team, which, which is very is the exciting. last thing I want to talk about uh, to you today. Uh, the biggest smile in the paddock, and it was uh, so nice to hear people just talking about him being back in Formula One. Um, uh, I, I, it seems like again universal love for for Kevin Magnussen and back for the long term as well. By the sounds of it, a move which I don't think many predicted. Um, but when you think about it, it's actually a really smart thing for them to do, to be a reference point for the team, for Mick. Uh, so again, I think there just seems to be lots of people very happy to see K-Mag back in the paddock. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with with all of that. It's so good having a known quantity on board the team, especially when you've had a weird couple of years. Uh, 2020 was very, very difficult. They've had two two rookies last season and obviously they'd sort of put the entire season just out to pasture and they were focusing on 2022 so this is this whole Mazepin fiasco has been a sort of little bit of a blessing in disguise yeah sure they don't have the the millions of pounds but apparently they're able to sort of survive without that they were able to get Magnussen in on a multi-year deal he seemed sort of pretty done with F1 by the end of 2020 mm. but he seems a lot more revitalised now uh, obviously driving in IMSA last year for Chip Ganassi Racing had one outing with Aaron McLaren SP in uh, in IndyCar uh, replacing Felix Rosenquist who was, was out with injury so he sort of had a year to sort of re- explore other things did Le Mans as well um, explore other things sort of get his bearings a bit and then when he got the phone call he said that he didn't realise how much he wanted to be back in F1, but then when Gunsteiner called him up and said, would you like to come back? He was like, yeah, let's do it. Yes, um, yes I would. Yes, so, I would. <laughs> so it's, oh, that's so nice. It's, it's it's great to have him back. He's sort of such a sort of throwback driver. Um, you know, he's, he, he, he doesn't sort of 
suffer any falls gladly. Um, and and that would be really good for Haas going forward. Um, I think, you know, to get the best out of this 2022 car as well, gives Mick Schumacher a reference point, just gives that team a little bit more of a driving force, which they lacked last season. So uh, it's, it's good for them, but it's probably good for him as well. I think we've covered off most of the stories from today. Alfa Romeo did split their running between Bottas and Joe. Also, Alpine split their running, but not really getting many laps, even combined uh, 66 laps between Alonso and Ocon. Uh, just Fittipaldi ran for Haas today. Just Perez ran for Red Bull. And I think that is everything covered off. Thank you so much. Uh, what's the next thing we can read on Autosport Plus from you? From me, good lord. Uh, well, obviously, what have I'll we be got on... you writing in the subscriber area. <laughs> well, obviously, I'll be on Autosport Live again tomorrow. So, if you want to follow along for everything as that as it happens, uh, we'll be there for you. There we go. Got the Autosport Live plug in. Um, yes, at the end yes, of the test, I'll be sort of doing a, a technical review that'll be available in the magazine as well. Uh, so lots of lots of things to look forward to I'm sure uh, anything else any other mad ideas that come to me I'm sure uh, I'll, I'll have a home for and I'll be able to get a feature out on them but obviously we've got some great writers available that will be able to service any needs that you may have during the test wonderful well that's our first day of the second test uh, covered off make sure you join us for the next two days as well we've got Luke got Alex out there as well we're looking forward to catching up with the guys who have been trackside today and getting back into it enjoying the heat the sunshine in fact they're staying out there until the uh, until the race as well so they should uh, <laughs> they should be pretty happy about that nice assignment thank you for listening and we'll see you tomorrow Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.